Hi, Rafael and Jen. Welcome. This is season four of our podcast. It's called This New Space, and we're in episode nine. And this one is called The Power of Presence. And this is the 38th episode altogether. Wow. I just counted them up. It's pretty exciting. Um, okay, before we jump into The Power of Presence, conversation that Jen and I have been having today and over the last bit, actually since the meetup that we did last weekend, um, about the power of presence and community and connection. And um, we just wanted to carry that conversation right into our podcast episode today and bring you into it with us. Um, but before we kick off that conversation, um, if you're in the Southern California region, we have some exciting local events going on here this summer. Uh, the first one, it's new. We talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, we're calling it Expansion Lab. And the idea is we're going to be doing some workshops and some smaller events that are like breath work, cold therapy, ice bath, like meant to connect you to the beat of your life. Uh, the first one that we're doing is is July 20th, and it's a lunchtime thing. So it's 1230 to 1.30. It's one hour. And um, spots are super limited. We're going to keep it really small. It's no cost. Um, and if you want to come, you can just email us at hello at philandjenwood.com to reserve a spot. And we're really excited about these workshops that are going to be happening this summer. And so I just wanted to invite you to join us. Yeah, we've been talking about connecting with our bodies and this idea of embodiment, living not disconnected from ourselves, but actually in line with our bodies and um, learning how to listen to ourselves in that way. And We're actually going to get a lot into this in our conversation. Today. That's right. So we'll be getting into that a bit in that workshop and we have a few spots left. So make sure to jump on that if you are interested. And we had our first meetup last weekend and we have another one coming up July 30th. And oh man, the last one was such a, it was, it was such a special night. It felt like a sacred space. It did. It did. And it started with tacos and margaritas, which I feel like... It's always sacred. <laughs> it's always just a good time. And that's always sacred. Yeah, it's sacred. Holy, it's holy Thank ground. you. Yeah. Chips and salsa. Oh, if you know us, you know. That's, that's like our that's thing. That's the thing. Um, but yeah, I, I think we... It was so good just to like eat and laugh and kind of set down the heaviness of... It had been a heavy week. Um, so much just polarization and conversation and, and coming off of a lot of things going on in the world. And we just got to hold space for people, including ourselves, whose faith are growing and expanding and just some really great conversation. And the idea is that these meetups are a safe space for people whose faith is expanding to connect to one another and people who are on a similar journey to process and then to figure out what does it mean to keep growing together? What does it mean, you know, to, um, have a faith life as it's expanding and growing and what does it mean to hold on to Jesus and and all these sorts of kind of conversations that began to form and come out and I'm excited to see how this one evolves. So July 30th and you can also email us at hello at philandjenwood.com for that and love to have you there. Anything else about that? Not about that. But I do want to say, if you've been listening to the podcast and you are enjoying it, I would love to invite you to give it a review and rate it 
on uh, whatever platform you are enjoying this on. Uh, even share it with some friends. It's super helpful. If you are somehow listening to this still and you do not like it, pretend like I didn't say anything. <laughs> Just walk away. Walk away. I want to hear about your seagull. <laughs> okay. So... Look, if you fine, just mock me. That's fine. I don't care. He's my buddy now. But I had this whole experience at the beach actually this morning. And like Phil said, we've been having conversation about just the power of presence since uh, last weekend when we had that meetup because it was such a powerful thing just to hold space for one another and to obviously just the power of presence, even the spirit in our lives, the spirit at work in the world, the power of God's presence. And so this morning I was down at the beach, uh, secretly spying on my kids who are doing a surf camp, they're surf instructors. And I wanted just to like see them doing their thing. So I went down and said hi. And then I was, I kind of went off to the side and I was doing some silence and meditation prayer time. And I was sitting out on if you know Newport Beach, I was sitting out on one of the jetties on a rock and the seagull flew down and just sat next to me and then stayed next to me for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and it was so weird. I've just never had that experience before. It didn't move. It just kind of hung out with me. And I went down this whole train of thought about how powerful it is when we sit with each other, which I know this is so cheesy. I'm talking about a seagull, but the seagull just sat with me and I was thinking about how, what, what made Saturday night powerful, I think, was just truly being present to one another without judgment and without there was it felt like a really shame free space. And I was just thinking about the power of presence in our lives, both, you know, interpersonally, um, the power of the spirit and just God's presence in our life and um, being present to ourselves and our bodies and listening to ourselves. And so I just was like, let's have a conversation about this because we have been talking about this so much. So this, this seagull spoke to me. I'm just saying <laughs> I have pictures. I have video. He's my buddy. And then it was really weird. Have you guys seen those weird? I'm talking like I'm going to get a response from, from people. I don't even know what they are. They're like a, a flying. Where do they come from? I don't even know where they come from. You get to say what it is. Okay. Picture somebody in a chair with a big fan attached to them. You don't know what they call it. And then like a, I'm, I'm doing motions with my hands. Hold on. Like a hang glider, but it's not. It's almost like they fell from the sky, but then, okay, this this guy came zooming right by me, right in front of me on one of those. What are those called? It's a chair. I've seen it. Chair, flying and chair. And how dangerous are those things? I'm looking also. It up online. Flying Terrifying. Flying chair with fan. That's it, it filled it in for me. Flying chair with fan. What is it? Um, it's called a powered parachute. It's a powered parachute. Oh my goodness. Well, that guy, one of those guys flew right in front of me right afterwards after my whole spiritual experience with the seagull. Did he mess it up or did he enhance it? No, I just laughed to myself. Like, okay. So okay. Kinda, I mean, come on. He broke into your space. Yeah. So I was thinking, what is it about just being present to each other that is so powerful? And it's interesting because I feel like you don't have to be in the same place as somebody for it to be a powerful experience. Like you don't have to agree on everything. You don't have to be in the same spot in your journey, but just something about 
being with each other and listening. Yeah. What is it? Well, even when you say place, like you don't even have to be in the same physical place. No. Like there's something about connecting with someone who you can be fully present mm -hmm. to and who's fully present to you, even from a great distance. And that I have a few friends that it feels mm -hmm. like one long conversation that, that <laughs> yeah. never stops. Yeah. Like you just pick right up where we left off. Yeah. And it's the best kind of relationship because there's such a deep presence to it. And it really is like that sometimes when you pick up the phone, you're like, so anyway, mm -hmm. yeah, totally. <laughs> just jump right in. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because there's the idea of being present to yourself and true to yourself in order to be present to other people. And so, I mean, some of the, I mean, a, a lot of our interest in the embodiment stuff, like embodiment modality mm -hmm. work around breath work and the ice bath and the, even the, the like heat and the sauna and that whole process is actually such a powerful put you in your body thing because I, I i feel like as people we live in our heads so much mm. like our culture puts us up in our head we have these devices that we're constantly connected supposedly to like everybody mm -hmm. all the time which you're actually not connected to really anybody because you're just scrolling so fast through everything and like even um just like living in like an ideating sort of world you got like 12 things going on in your head i'm just describing my own self mm -hmm. um <laughs> Or we, we just, we live in our heads and we don't recognize that our emotions, our experiences, our trauma, everything's stored in our body. Anxiety, depression. Yeah. Even like I... All kinds of things. I think the whole, like the movement of the church, especially the evangelical church, but since the Reformation, it's been a movement towards like a disembodiment. Like the, the evangelical church has a such difficult time because it's constantly trying to to like disembody itself into like an abstract ideation world where everything's about your beliefs and everything's about what you believe. And it's endless like lists of doctrines and ideas. And are you in or are you out? Like I've had people wanting to fight me in a parking lot over my particular organizational list. You of, love that example. <laughs> because it's, it's so real. You're like, are you kidding me? Like uh, buy three things and line up with your seven things. And so now you're gonna, like we, we, we it's so disembodied. And it's so. Oh, because it's the right beliefs. I see. Yeah, it's yeah. It's all like <laughs> these lists of beliefs, and we're arguing words and concepts, and like mm. there's power, and it's it's a, it's very, like you can have all these ideas. Yeah. And then not actually embody any of them. Oh, yeah. And so it's possible even to have, like like how, how many of us read lots and lots and lots of things, and we can quote them all and know them in our head, mm -hmm. but never actually do any of them or become them. Or, or you can we can move from like one experience to the next experience to the next event to the next yeah. experience and never actually integrate that wisdom into yeah. our body into a lived experience where it just is who you are and so it's 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 such a disembodied reality like a, a, a modern spirituality yeah it, I know I was just sorry no I was in one of our recent one of my recent coaching sessions I was talking with um this guy and it's like he was able to say i was i was meeting with a couple but he was saying i know all of these things in my head but i can't get them to my heart and he knew that and so we can even be aware of the fact that we have you know you're disembodied. it's like we know that we're disembodied we know that there's all this head knowledge that's not connecting like i think about for instance you know like parenting <laughs> how 
There's so many times when I know in my head this response is helpful and this response is not. But to get into my, to allow that to sink into my heart and then to be embodied in the way I'm actually parenting and living it out is a whole different thing. Absolutely. So. When. Yeah. On that bigger picture of a disembodied spirituality, I, I, I think that's why we have so many split groups fighting over abstract theological concepts where where the movement like pre-reformation like so so like the scripture you read john jesus comes in the flesh it says he took on flesh like it, the, the movement was he was the word and then he became flesh so it's from word to flesh it's like an embodiment and the invitation of Jesus is for us to embody like the spirit in our own lives and to live here present fully to ourselves, integrated whole, but also to each other. But you can't live present to each other if you're not integrated to yourself. Otherwise, you're bringing like this endless hall of mirrors where it's just like, mm-hmm. like a terrible experience. But also in like a, a larger corporate sort of spirituality, it's why there's such a lack of transformation because you can sit in seats listening to people talk about a movement and you can memorize all the lists and sign all the the documents but never actually be the thing but you can feel like you're part of a movement listening to people talk about a movement because it's all up in our heads whereas like actually walking the path is something else Mm. entirely like the in some ways the reformation went backwards it's like a movement back to the word back to abstract whereas jesus was trying to Get us to then the word became flesh down into our bodies. Interesting. Wow. I, and I, so I, how do we do that though? Well, I mean, so, so that was our excitement about some of this embodiment work is as you do the breath work, as you get deep in your body and out of your head, as you do the ice, it slams you into your body. Yeah. Well, especially the ice <laughs> um, and the heat, the same, but it puts you into a different place, a different posture of mm-hmm. like a super connectedness that then allows you to have very different kind of conversations and meditation and processes in your own yeah. soul. Like a lot of people that do the Wim Hof breathing just alone say that it's the most transformative experience because it it takes them out of their anxiety headspace and puts them squarely in their body. Yep. And, and what we know now about the body is your body stores your emotions, your body stores your trauma, your body stores um, all of that stuff. And so what's fascinating is like – when um, like big groups of people do the Wim Hof breathing, they say people will start crying. People will start laughing. Like it's weird the stuff that comes out of people because it's like it's all in there. And the moment you connect it, just whoa, things yeah. come out. And yeah. um, I think there's that. And we've had those experiences in, in groups that we've been in doing that. And, and it is incredible the difference of <laughs> just energy in the room pre-breathing and to post-breathing like the way that it shifts the whole room you can feel it you know yeah especially anxiety like if you came in anxious and you and you have all these things you know going on in your life and then you do the breathing it's like suddenly you're fully present to what's going on in the room it's pretty cool when some of the ancient prayers and meditations Mm -hmm. were crafted knowingly or unknowingly and intervals that would cause you to breathe what like the ideal put you in your body breath pattern is which is six breaths a minute which you think about it's a 10 second breath five in and out but the way the the 
rituals and the words and the prayers that are structured are meant to put you in that pattern of breath where you're five seconds in, five seconds out through the, the speaking rituals. It's super fascinating. Yeah. Um, okay, thought though. The bigger picture of all that, I think what's super fascinating right now is that people, like, like there's a big movement of people that are, there's like the deconstruction movement, there's the question movement, and there's this, the, all, all these things are happening, but it's it's almost this like- indiv- The question movement? Yeah, a lot of people are asking a lot of questions. Oh. <laughs> I just call it the question movement. Um, uh. I think it's a lot of people who are attempting to like integrate their life as a whole and mm-hmm. put it all together to where it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. And for that journey is is often like a an individual journey. Mm-hmm. It's a journey that you- have to get into your own body in order to be fully really truly present to other people in that kind of a way like you can't jump ahead of getting into your own self and integrating your own self and so it is you mean when you're putting it back together like yeah what do you mean jump ahead well a lot of people talk about community 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 which is super critical for life but before you can be present in a community setting mm. in a way that you're fully present to it, but also fully yourself, able to engage other people, like you were saying, that are in different places. Mm-hmm. Like it requires that embodied wisdom of integrating all of it and like going all the way down into those questions and into the wrestle, which is often like a really um, individual journey, is what I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and painful. It can be. Can be. Well, it's it's not a plus one. It's like you can't take other people with you. You can't listen to people talk about the journey and be like, "Well, man, I'm glad we did that." Like it doesn't work that way. It really is. I mean, I think you can journey with others in it, but at the end of the day, it's your journey. Well, yeah, and 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 part of that journey is we give so much of our authority away to others, especially institutions or institutional leaders, and. To move to a place of like owning your own inner authority, which is what Jesus talks about. Mm-hmm. I give you the spirit. I give you the power to bind and loose. I give you the power to interpret. I give you the power to go out and make a new kind of world. And to like own that inner space, like you have to go in mm-hmm. and it's a, it's an inner transformational kind of journey that, that you have to do on your own. Yeah, and it takes practice because in order to learn how to trust yourself in that way and to trust this, that the spirit actually is guiding you, then it takes practice doing that, like trying it out and going, "Okay. That was that was the right first that was the right step. Like that was that felt right. That felt good." And then it gives you more confidence to do it again. It's it's a whole practice. And, and it takes a, time. It's a, it's a bit of a lonely journey. I mean, well, in in the sense of you have to do the work. You can't rely on other people to to do the work for you. Hmm. Like it requires you going in and getting connected to your body and bringing all that stuff down and pulling it all apart and going, okay. Because it's really easy to be like, I'm against, I'm against, I'm against. It's something else entirely to be like, okay. So then what? So what am I? So what am I for? Yeah. Or or, yeah. I mean, all those things. Or what do I, what do I believe? Or what, what is good and true and beautiful and what kind of person I am I becoming? Absolutely. I think that's why we've always had a hard time with that word 
like just or not the word, sorry, but the kind of like the deconstruction movement. Like I think we've been hesitant to use that phrase when we're talking about, you know, growth and faith and spirituality, just because I think it has that negative connotation of like really just tearing things apart and then not really doing much with it, you know, just kind of criticizing to criticize or pointing out the negative and not the positive. But the thing is, it's a necessary journey. And, and, and if it's a helpful word, then great, let's use it. You know what I mean? It's not my favorite, but, um, in order to buzzword for the path of transformation. Yeah. And I think it gets, it can be, it can be the thing that we're talking about where it gets stuck in that negative kind of cycle of just kind of pointing out all of the flaws of whatever the thing is, you know? Um, but if in the path of deconstruction, I mean, it's, it's a necessary part of it to take a look at the thing and find out whatever it is you're deconstructing. It could be your faith. It could be all kinds of things. Um, you have to see, what's there. You have to lay all the things out. We talked about this, I think in like the very first season of just like laying out all your stuff and going, what are you putting back in that backpack? What are you repacking back into your life? What mm. is true? That's a deep pull right there. I know. I don't know. I, 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 I use, like it. <laughs> it's everything's so visual for me. I always have to have visuals. I think that's why that seagull, even as cheesy as it was, I like, it's your bunny. It's like there is something about just sitting with each other or sitting in our own our own presence and then the presence of God. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about, cause you keep saying like, get into your body. And I think some people might feel like, well, what do you mean? I think some people naturally are just more wired that way. You know, like for me, I, I took some like quiz recently and it was like, your self-care is like getting into your body basically is what it said. Mm. Like doing some physical activity, which is totally true. I mean, you know, when I get stressed out, you're like, maybe you should go for a run. It's the best. Yeah. But something about, it's intuitive for me to get into my body, to do something like a physical activity helps me get in tune with myself. And like, I'll go on a run and I have, it's a whole spiritual experience for me every time. Well, you can identify well, the time, things, but... you can release the things, you can process yes. the things. Yes. I mean, how many times have you, have I been out on a run and I, you're getting texts from me the whole time? I'm like having all these realizations epiphanies. and epiphanies and, you know. Well, and you're flushing out all that literal anxious energy. Yeah. And for other people, I think getting in their bodies maybe looks different. It's not so obviously physical. Maybe it's like painting or drawing, but it's still using their body in a creative way. It's different, you know? Um, yeah. But I do think that our culture, and especially if you've been raised in the evangelical kind of circle, we've become so disconnected. Like Chrissy was saying, I think a couple podcasts ago, with ourselves and our bodies and and even kind of this idea that our bodies are bad, mm. shameful, yeah. or not to be trusted, you know, sinful. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Okay. So that's like this individual journey mm -hmm. of getting in your body. And, and there's an interesting combination of like when you tap into that, then you're also tapping into your own inner authority, your own spiritual authority, the spirit that's within you. It's kind of like when kids have to leave the house and, and like grow up and they have to like wrestle with their own, like, oh, I'm, I'm my own human 
and I need to figure this out, you know? Mm. And, and there's all this freedom and they got to figure that out and then go, okay, but how do I now own my own humanity and my own journey and story? And, and often you see like, like that process of kids growing up and stepping into their independence. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a bit of distance with their family and then they like, there's like a return, hopefully, sweet Jesus, there's a return of your kids. Because <laughs> we're in the but, distance phase right but now. But like, a, a different adolescence. way of being a family. Yeah. Where there's like a friendship now rather yep. than like I'm mom and dad over you. There's like a shift that that happens there. Yeah. So it's not that community is bad at all. I think community is super necessary and important. I just think there's there's, there's enough Part of the ownership. waking up and growing up yes. is stepping into your own ownership and authority. But But even from like a spiral dynamics perspective... It's an interesting journey because like as you move through the different memes, if you're familiar with spiral dynamics, as you move into like like from a blue sort of almost fundamentalist kind of meme into like an orange modern kind of meme that the the they can be grouped in like individual and communal ways. And so as you move from like an orange meme, which is is what a lot of institutional churches sort of operate in. Um, into like a green, which is like a postmodern meme. Um, it moves from like a communal into a very like individualistic sort of meme, where people are are trying to figure their stuff out, and they're like it flattens the the hierarchy, and it creates like like it's why progressive liberal people have a hard time gathering together in communities. Like they call them the mean greens, because like fundamentalists can be really mean, but like liberals can be. Like they get crazier, <laughs> mean, angry, angry at all of it. And at if, least if, that's been well, some of our experience is what you're saying. Just, it's so much against energy and like, it's like, it's like, it's why the, the Democrat party can't pull itself together because it's so individualistic where it's about my issue and my thing and what I'm fighting for. Or, but Republicans can't get mean. Um, no, no. <laughs> mean and meaner. Um, where Got it. Well, the, the venom. Just wondering. Of people in a green meme in a postmodern context. It's a right it's a righteous anger. It's That's why, why they have to draw circles when you go to the malls or like establishments when um what's that one group that's trying to save the ocean or the planet? That, Greenpeace. The Greenpeace is it Greenpeace? Like the, the people that start harassing know. you, they're like do you want whales to die as you walk by? And you're like, please, God, don't talk to me. Oh, God, I looked at them. They've engaged me. And they start chasing you. And they're like, what? You won't sign my paper. And then I'm like, you have a circle. They drew a circle on the ground that you have to stay in. You're not allowed to chase me down. Like, stop chasing me. I, won't, I don't want to sign your petition. Wait, I hate, are you? I hate whales. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> like, I hate whales. But it's like that experience where there's, a, there's an outdoor mall near us where I've been harassed so many times where I'm like, I just... I'm, I'm fucking for ice cream. Like, stop it. And, but, but the point is, it's, it's such a, um, it's very individualistic, I think necessarily so. Mm. And a lot of people get stuck there. Uh, and they get yep. very like, mm-hmm. they woke up, but they never grew up and they've never huh. owned their own selves or spiritual authority. They stayed disembodied, but woke up disembodied. And the transition from that, if you follow like a spiral dynamics kind of mindset mm-hmm. is like through that as a, a into like a second tier consciousness or what they call like a yellow meme where um the, the, the language is when you transcend into that you actually have to learn how to include it all and it's it's very different 
because it's community, but it's on the other side of individuality. But it's a different kind of community yeah. where you don't, it's like kids coming home into their family where we're friends and we're connected, but it's like you're on this different kind of journey together, owning yourself in a different way, fully present to yourself and able to be fully present to others. Yeah. Able to include all those things. It's, it's a very different transformation. Where the kids are able to see their parents, respect their parents, actually really value their input and advice and wisdom and knowledge, but also not fully relying on the parent for everything. And not needing to be and everything able, that their parents are. Yeah. But thankful for what they gave them. Yep. It's it's a whole different... But, but I say that because I think right now we're in such a green sort of space, that like deconstruction space, mm. the space of... Some people. People trying to get into their bodies. I Culturally, mm. that um, there's like a desperate need for connection and community because it's one thing to be present to yourself but it's another thing to bring that self to be present to other people mm. it's, yeah it's, it's like a um a lack of community is is like an epidemic and there's like people are longing to connect with each other and to be present to each other but to be present to people that are very very different than you requires a journey that you do have to do on your own yeah which is i mean we've seen i mean how many people have we talked to who have just said like there's just a loneliness. And what's interesting, and when this is why I think part of our motivation for doing these meetups is that we keep hearing people say, like, I'm the only one on this journey. And we're like, oh, no, actually, there's, a ton of there's tons of people. You're, you all of you just them. don't know each other, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so I think part part of our heart is just to see people connect who are kind of on a similar journey. Because there is, a, I think there's a an epic right now of loneliness and Absolutely. it's like this false sense of presence and connectedness like you said with social media where you kind of feel like you're connected to people but that's it's not the same as face to face I was actually just reading um one of our children is in a uh we'll call it a debate with me oh yes. <laughs> about getting social media our kids don't have social media yet um and so I said okay if you think that social media would help your life, like write me an essay, tell me why. I'm open. And um, so I've also been doing my research to just like make sure I have my side too, which I'm again, I really am open if, if it could benefit him. All right. But um, I just was reading about how the percentages of kids, teenagers on social media, especially when it said the percentage goes up significantly higher if they are spending a large amount of time on social media but then not connecting with people face to face the percentage of teenagers in that space who have anxiety and depression is like astronomical it's it's crazy yeah and so i think there is this false sense that we are connected with people when there's a need for this deeper intimacy and presence and sitting with one another and i think Part of the problem is that we have lost the ability um, to sit with people and listen and be open to differences and and disagree, you know, and to to really listen and and still love people even when you're not in the same place. And um, like I think there's a fear there for people to even really open up and get real you know, and really share where they're actually at because they're, we've talked about this so much. There's the 
kind of just immediate cancel culture shut down. I mean, people will just cancel other people without even asking questions. Like, what did you mean by that? You know, they'll just, you're done. Denzo. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I've just been processing a lot. Why was Saturday so powerful? And I think we've been calling it the safe space, but it really did feel like that non-judgmental space where people could just share openly where they're at and, and connect in a really questions way. and thoughts and yeah. And so the power of just simply sitting with other people and being present to each other and really seeing each other is such a powerful thing. And I mean, I know that there's certain people that in my life that I can point to, like, those are my people. And I think the reason that when I think about what makes those people different than other friends or other people I've interacted with, it's because I feel seen by them. You know, it's because I actually feel understood or heard. And even if they're not on the exact same page as me, or even as if they don't agree with everything I am saying, that wouldn't even be a fun friendship. You know, <laughs> I don't, who wants that? But just to sit with people who I feel like actually take the time to, to see you, that's, that's powerful stuff. And I think as we're talking about loneliness, in this season right now, we're in this new space that, you know, many of us are finding ourselves in out of after a pandemic. Gosh, there's, you know, like I said, loneliness is an epidemic and, and so is depression and anxiety. And I don't think that's a, it's not, I think that's not a coincidence. Um, so how do we be present, not only to ourselves, to learn how to listen to our bodies? I mean, our bodies talk to us, whether it's you know, you, you feel that thing in your stomach and it's this anxiety rising. Well, what is going on inside of you? Or whether you get the knots in the back, that's me. Um, I know if I'm all knotted up in my back, like what is going on? What do I need to address in my life? What do I need to sit with? Maybe I need some more silence and stillness. I mean, that's what happened this morning. I was like, I got to go get still. And I, I need to go. And for me, even another way to be present for I think many of us is getting connected with the earth mm. and for me to to sit at the beach whether it's the beach or whether it's um you know just being out in nature on some level and that groundedness where we are connected somehow with the earth and with God's creation it that presence the power of centering presence and and I think this you know spirits at work there too. And so, yeah, how do we get present with ourselves? How do we be present to each other? Um, what else? Well, I, I, I think that's like the power of presence. I think it's to ourself first and it's a necessary individuality where there is like an, a, a new ownership of your own self and spirit and authority. And it's also, like a deep integration of mind, body, and spirit that then allows you to be present to other people in a whole different way. And it creates a community on the other side of individuality, mm -hmm. which is, is really cool and it looks different and it's really special. Yeah. It's like the healthiest of families. Yeah. 
And so it's, it's like, it's just the power of presence. It's community on the other side of individuality. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to check out our website, philandjenwood.com for coaching, resources, and events. And if you enjoyed this, feel free to subscribe. You can even leave a review. Keep going. See you next time.